What's up, sick and wrong? It's Johnny Cage again. Uh, yeah, I had kind of a story for you. Um, other day, just perusing through the podcast again, and uh, set my iPod down for a minute, and I come back, and I find my eight-year-old brother listening to your show. Congratulations. You got him hooked on it. Now he's going around the house saying pussy and cock everywhere. <sighs> Thanks, guys. That's about three more years that I'm going to have to break him from that. All right, bye-bye. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, E. Simon. And I'm Lance Wackerly. What's up there, Wacker? You seem all chipper today. Is it because of the special guests you've been talking about all week? Well, I'm torn because I have. I think I've successfully booked a special guest. Not, I don't often book guests it, or often, ever. Ever, I think. I think this is the first time you've ever actually booked a guest for this show. Ever in the but, five years we've been doing it, five and a half years. This is the first time you you called me and you're like, "Hey, I have a guest on for tonight." So I'm just waiting P-Town to see if it materializes. Once. Just waiting I had to see. P-Town come on once. Oh yeah, you did have Pete Town. That was an gone. epic episode. That was a, a lot of a lot of people's top ten episodes of uh, the show. It's that one. So, but so, I'm torn because I I think I successfully got this guest, but at the same time I'm sad because of the reasoning that we got him, which is that Barney Frank is no longer going to be part of the American government. Yeah, no, I mean, he resigned from uh, the, the House of Representatives. This is like a, right. this is huge. It was a major announcement this week. And it kind of bums me out because he's one of my favorite politicians. He's definitely my favorite Congress critter. Yeah. But, um, so it's, I'm a little sad that he's not going to be up there on the national stage, but I don't think he would have agreed to come on the show if, if he were still trying to pursue his political career because, let's face it, being on sick and wrong is like the death knell. I thought it was a badge of honor. I'm, saying, I'm no, surprised. I mean, I guess it's like, what, what, what is it like a uh, symbol of a flagging career? It's like if you're if you're on sick and wrong. Well, it's just talks. I mean, maybe if you're running for world's greatest grandpa or something. Well, it's, you but know, we've never really had a politician on the show, and I'm really excited yeah. about it. What, what's supposed to? I mean, is he supposed to call in? Is he skyping us? Like, how, how do you arrange this? Um, he asked me to, he wanted the questions we were going to ask him to, to vet, you know, so his people could vet the questions. But I said, Hey, that's not how sick and wrong does things. This is real time. This is, this is real raw in we your face our questions by our guests. And he was like, ah, fuck it. I'm not even running anymore. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so he really is letting his hair down. Well, you know, point. I mean, I, I'm interested to know what he's been doing, uh, these days. You know, now that he's a well, man. he ju- he just I mean, he's still in technically in the House of Representatives. He's just announced his departure, but you know, it's he's got senioritis at this point. Yeah, but do you think he, he went like straight a to a bathhouse in San Francisco? Call up my brother. Well, but I mean that that probably takes a little bit more planning. He's in he's in Boston, right? So I'm sure they have bathhouses there. 
Yeah, quite possibly. I'm, I don't know. So, do you know what time he's supposed to call you? Like, is this? No, uh, he's just. Oh, oh, but wait a minute, wait a minute. Here, my phone's going off. Hang on. So let me try and get, let me try and coordinate this. All right. Hello, Barney. Bar- oh no, this is your assistant. Well, is he going to come on? Yeah, we're ready page. for him right now. Uh, right now? Yeah. Okay. Give me one second. All right. I'm going to patch this in. Are you ready? Yeah. 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 Turn. Turn All right. it up. Uh, hey, I, uh, Miss, uh, what do I call you? Mr. Frank, Barney Frank. You can call me whatever you want. Hey, Bar- I'm no Barney longer uh, pursuing that career. Mr. So- Barney, Mr. Frank, uh, thank you for being on Sick and Wrong. Um, I'm D. Simon, and uh, you, you've already know Lance Wackerly, apparently. I don't know how you know him, but uh, that's, that's good. That, uh, that- well, he contacted me through my webpage. You know, as you know, we all have websites in the uh, Congress, so I'm happy to be here. Well, I appreciate. It, I feel like a load has been lifted uh, off my chest. I'm, I'm sure you've had several loads lifted off your chest since the uh, the big announcement. So, th- th- thank you. It's, you know, I've, I've wanted to have you on the show for for a long time, and uh, you know, you you've always been one of my favorite politicians. Um, well, thank you, thank you. So, real quick, uh, Mr. Frank, what, what what ended up happening? Why why did you suddenly resign from the House? Well, it's been a long career so far, but um, you know, I feel like. Uh, it's been a good run, and it really started with the Anthony Weiner incident. Uh, as you remember, he tweeted a picture of his genitalia. Did he send to... that to you? Or, uh, was no, he... he did not send it to me. Would you have been upset um, if he did? Well, I, you know, I would have jacked off over it, but I, I wouldn't have felt either one way or the other. I didn't feel it was that impressive, to tell you the truth. Oh, so you weren't impressed by his penis? No. It was it was fine. It was adequate, but you know I, I can find better, uh, more hung men on my web pages that I go to and whatnot. But it made me feel and recognize all the opportunities of a sexual nature and flirting nature that I have to pass up because I'm in the political spotlight. What about the sexy pages? I thought you guys have pages that do your do your business and your bidding. D. D, what, this isn't the 1950s. Uh, that, that's the last thing I could do would be to have a relationship with a page. I get, but I guess, even even if I were to go to a gay bar, you know, a, a type of bar I like to hang out at in Boston, the, the Blue Oyster and the, the Hairy Knuckle, <laughs> even if I were to go there, the paparazzi gets a photo, and the next thing I know, I'm dealing with like three or four weeks of damage control. It, I don't want to deal with that anymore. You know, I, I can understand that. I mean, I think it's just a scandal waiting to be broken. And, and you have guys that, you know, you have guys on the, the, the far right just gunning for your head. You know, I can understand. You need to be careful as a politician. Uh, the far right, it's extremely homophobic. They've never, uh, uh, you know, accepted the fact that a gay man is, is in a position of power. Um, and, I, you know, I don't see a lot of other gay men coming up through the ranks. I, you know, may, I've heard that your brother is of my persuasion, and I don't see him running for San Francisco City Council anytime soon. He should, uh, you know, he really should. But uh, but speaking of homophobes, uh, do you, do you find Rick Santorum to be the sexiest GOP candidate? No, no, I would say not. Uh, homophobia is not something that turns me on. Uh, <laughs> although I'd like to turn him <laughs> to the dark side. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, uh, I'm sure you so could. So I no, I do not find I, Rick Santorum. I mean, what is he getting? Like one less than one percent of the of the uh, straw polls at this point. It's not even worth talking about. Okay, well then, who do you find the sexiest GOP um, candidate to be? Newt. Mm. Oh, no fatties, no fatties. <laughs> Sorry, Newt is off the list. What about what about mittens? Um, he looks like a robot. Not not into the robots. I mean, I I could see Kane. Is black schlong <laughs> can kind of titillate me, but uh, Perry has that rugged sort of frontiersman look. But I gotta say, I mean, I'm a bigger, I'm a fat man myself. I, I know I said no fatties, but that doesn't apply to me. And uh, but I like the twinks and uh, Ron Paul. He's kind of a twinky guy. Yeah, but he's also, I mean, a twink. He's like a little elf. Younger, but isn't Ron Paul like eighties, the oldest candidate? Well, age appropriateness. I'm not going for any of these guys. If you talk, I'm talking about in its prime. I guess Viagra works wonders, though. That, that's that's true. Uh, I don't know how much longer you have to speak to us, but I do have a couple more questions I was going to ask you. Um, now that you're retired, are you going to try out for the uh, Regis's spot on uh, Live with Kelly Ripa? Oh, uh, you know, that's, I, feel, you're, you're, I feel like you're pulling my leg. I've heard that Neil Patrick Harris is taking the gay position on that one, and, and he's going to probably go. I mean, I don't think Hauser. they want an old, fat, cigar-smoking gay man, ex-politician. That's a little bit above their uh, level of banter, what I can bring to the show. So, so how do, okay, my, my last question here is, how do, you, how do you feel about the Occupy Wall Street movement? I mean, uh, do you ever go down? Did you see the, 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 the camps or any of that? Uh, D, D, I, I gotta go. I, I can't express okay. an opinion on that at this point. It's, uh, you know, some, some, when I go to the gay bar and I'm trying to hit up a young man, some of them are into it and some of them aren't. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not bowing out of the question out of a political, uh, angle, but just, it's going to inhibit my getting ass later. So, uh, <laughs> it was nice to be on the show. Well, well, thank you, uh, I Mr. hope you Frank. got, I wish you guys the best with your little podcast or whatever you call it. Uh, well, I but, wish you the best with your, your freedom. And, uh, you know, if you, um, end up now, now you don't have to worry about uh, a scandal breaking out. You can have sex with whoever you want to. I'm going to be taking a trip to fire Island. <laughs> In the summer, and then maybe in the next fall, I might be going to, you know, the the gay area, the Bay Area. What's the name of your brother's bar again? It's, it's, it's like called maybe the like edge. to check it out. Yeah, I think edge. you'd enjoy it. I'll love. Uh, and your brother's name is Jeff. Jeffrey, yeah, Jeffrey. Jeffrey, all right. He usually just wears a leather vest, and no shirt. Yep, he's exactly your type. It sounds like my type. I mean, no fatties, but I like the little bit of a bear gut every once in a while. So I'm going to look him up, and I, I wish you boys the best. All right. Thank you, Mr. Frank. Thanks for being on the show. Good night. Wow. That, that, that's, that's, wow. Wackerly, I am, I am impressed. I'm astonished. I can't believe you managed to. I, I did not think you were going to pull through with that guest. I mean, I've only got one guest. But that's, but that's a pretty good guest. That's a five star. That's a five brown star guest right there. That might put us on like the major media national stage for our podcast. Although you know the major media is scared of podcasts, think we're going to take over. So exactly, but, us but I mean we're usual. the we're the authentic. We're the real media. We're the voice of the people. We're the voice of the ninety nine percent. Actually, this is grassroots. Exactly. So why did you ask him about fucking Occupy Wall Street? That was dumb. Well, no, actually, it's not dumb. I mean, it's kind of uh, ties into uh, what I was going to talk about this, uh, this, the intro of uh, this episode here. Um, I almost got arrested the other night at the Occupy really? LA raid. Me. Were you, were you I almost got arrested. Were you or what? 
No, it was okay. It, it was ridiculous. So, people, the, the on Tuesday night here in uh, in Los Angeles, the Occupy LA movement, the encampment, is right by City Hall. It's at first and Main Street. I live uh, downtown, so I'm pretty close within walking distance. And, I saw um, it when I was down there when I was walking near place. It's yeah, pretty, we, we uh, walked by it, and uh, it's, it was just like it's a pretty big camp. It was one of the largest in the country, still remaining. And I mean, there must have been like at least a few, like 500 tents probably. So it was a yeah. pretty, pretty big area. Anyway, the mayor decided on Sunday that it was like Sunday night, midnight, this past Sunday is the deadline, and they're going to be completely evicted. Anyone left there after midnight is going to be arrested. And it was a big deal. Like, uh, we went down there on Sunday night. Me and this guy lives across the hall. Went down there on Sunday night, and yeah, there were like, I don't know, 2,500, 3,000 people there. No FX ended up playing. It was, it was like a big party. It was so actually- additional people in, in, like, the tents are there, the people who sleep there, but like, it was like, even became a, it swelled up to a big event because like, they thought that was going to get. Well, they made an announcement in the LA yeah. Times. It was like a big deal. Like in the, in the, if they didn't make the media announcement, I bet you half those people wouldn't have showed. But yeah, they, but these were supporters of the Occupy Wall Street people. I, I'm most How of, is no effects? They seem old. Yeah, they are kind of old. And I'm sure they're <laughs> definitely in the 1%, aren't they? I mean, aren't they quite wealthy? They've been around punk rocking for a long time. But no, they sound great. they've wasted all their money on drugs or not. Well, I was surprised they like set up amps like right in the middle of the park. It was, it was actually kind of fun. We, we caught the tail end of that. But yeah, it was like a big party. And then the cops did end up showing up Sunday night at around, I think it was like shortly after midnight. And uh, there was like about 500 cops and like the people, like, you know, there's like all these agitators. That's what, that's what was interesting about that camp is there are different factions. There were like the anarchists that, you know, the guys that are the shit starters, the instigators, the ones throwing bottles at the cops. Black block. Yeah, like they're the guys wearing the bandanas and, and yes. gas masks, like ready yes. to start something. And then there were like the the actual like hippie type of people like sitting there with their acoustic guitars and their candles. Peace and love, man. Totally, like with flowers and just like singing songs, like give peace a chance and whatnot. And then there I were like brought the my love a banana, <laughs> but something. <laughs> then the, then there was like this whole group of like homeless people that were just like, sweet dude, we get free food and uh, free drugs, and we could just kind of hang out here. And they were right. they were my favorite, just like the just the real crackheads. They're just like, well, you know, normally we sleep in tents on the sidewalk, but this is actually kind of rad. And then they were just like, on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> then there were like the ghetto people that just didn't even belong there at all, and I don't even think they knew what the movement was even for. Like, what, what was what, what the like even the purpose of the people even being in the park? I didn't even think well, they, they knew that. I mean, don't don't disparage them. They probably knew yet didn't care. I mean, they were just like out there just partying, drinking 40s, you know, tagging stuff. I mean, they had uh, the occupier people that they were in the camp set up this like plywood structure that they had like spray painted pictures of Gandhi and peace signs and all that shit. And these ghetto guys were just going out and tagging gang symbols over it. It was, it was, it was something else. Anyway, so we should call the cops and put a stop to that. Well, uh, on Sunday night, it almost went down. What ended up happening is the cops showed up, and like there were like you know 3,000 people there, and there was kind of like a standoff, and eventually the cops just ended up giving them a reprieve. And was just like, okay, well, you know what? You know, eventually, we're going to have to dismantle this camp, but for now, you can stay here. And then they left. How many cops? You know, I'd say there are a few hundred. There are probably like maybe six or 700 cops. On, this is Sunday night, and there were like probably Several eight hundred. helicopters flying around. I was out there till like two in the morning, as opposed to the five that are normally flying around. Yeah, that down are down always LA. flying around down there. But I ended up going there just because 
you know, I, I was just ready to get a viral video of some just, you know, perfect example of police brutality. Because the mm. LAPD does not have a very good history with dealing with situations like this. You know, I'm just no, thinking no. of Rodney King, if anyone remembers that. Well, you can even go so far back as the Watts riots. Exactly. I mean, the, the LAPD just has a poor history with dealing with crowd control. So I, w I was expecting, you know, some, uh, some serious police brutality. So I had my camera with me, my video camera, just ready to get something on film. To and, be uh, fair, though, they have a poor history of dealing with ethnic, well, mostly just black crowd control. And a lot yeah. of the Occupy LA people are white, I take it. I would say majority are white, but yeah, there are yeah. quite a few black people there. I mean, I think okay. that's part of the crackhead and uh, and um, well, and ghetto element. Okay. So anyway, what ended up happening, the cops are actually, I've got to give it to them, they're actually quite intelligent with this decision, or the mayor or whoever it was that was planning this eviction. So they had Probably this the big... Police chief. The police chief. They had this big show of force on Sunday night, ended up giving a reprieve, and that was like a big media event. And then Tuesday, Tuesday night, was the actual eviction, but they didn't announce it to anybody. So no one actually knew about this one. All they did is they kind of like covertly passed out flyers in the park saying, you know, you have till 1030 tonight to get out. So no one really knew about it. The only reason I well, found Well, the out, people who got the flyers knew about it. Yeah, the people that got the flyers knew about it, but they flyered at like six. Okay. And it was just like, you know, 10.30, this is done. It wasn't so, broadcast to the entire media-consuming populace, is what you're exactly. saying. Exactly. So, like, Tuesday night, it didn't get, you know, they didn't have the 3,000 supporters show up trying to, you know, blocking the police's actions. So this time, the only reason I found out about it is because my friend across the hall, Chris, um, actually follows the Occupy Wall Street Twitter feed. I think he was actually there for because he does really support the movement. I'm still okay. trying to get my police brutality video. <laughs> and so, viral video, dude. Put sick and wrong on it. Better than advertising. No, you, you don't. You don't not support the movement. You just don't give a fuck, right? That's my interpretation. Um, your position. No, I mean the, the thing is, is I do. You know, I do support the movement. I, I, I do support their aims. I think something needs to be done. I, I feel that their execution. You're just not a strong supporter. Well, I feel that their execution is misguided. I think. I think what they needed to do is organize, get some leadership. I mean, their voice is heard. They, you know, the message has gone out. The public has seen it. I think a lot of people agree with what they have to say. I mean, I, I agree with a lot of their, their um, you know, ideas. But the, the problem is, is, is their execution. I just don't think sitting in a park in your own filth and squalor is really going to lead to anything. I think instead, but that's, just, but that's what got people's attention. If they just started a bunch of websites, nobody would have paid attention. Yeah, but okay. But I mean, so three months from, you know, it's, it's been two months or two and a half months already. You know, now it's time to organize. Take it to the next level. Let's get some leadership. That's my problem, is they haven't taken it to the next level. They haven't, like, boiled it down and refined the message. It's gone the other way. It's become more and more blurry. It's completely, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it goes off in, like, several different directions. I don't really even understand any of their aims. I mean, when I was there at, on uh, Sunday night and, and Tuesday night, I mean, it was just like there were, you know, people protesting uh israel and you know the the palestinian situation and there's people indigenous protesting peoples like, yeah indigenous people uh, there's native american rights and there are people out there um talking about like dismantle the federal reserve and it's just like okay well, what's going on here what, what are we trying anybody to who ever says dismantle the Re federal reserve i don't think really understands what the federal reserve does and if i was at a protest where somebody was chanting that i'd be like excuse me excuse me can you explain to me what the Federal Reserve does? And I bet you it would be a complete incoherent babble 
that came out of their mouth. But they would it wasn't just open mouth breathing. But they firmly adhere to that incoherent babble. Believe me. Right. They, 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 they think that the Federal Reserve is like the Death Star. I think that's how they picture it in their head. Exactly. Or, you know, there's a conspiracy about it, too. They feel that the Federal Reserve is actually empty. There's nothing really there. And it's the Illuminati that controls <laughs> yeah, everything. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And, that, that, and that, really, when you, when you say the Illuminati, really what they think is the Illuminati <laughs> is what they're really scared of. I mean, this is the beginning of, like, rampant, like, you know, Third Reich anti-Semitism, I think. This is how it started. Probably. I don't want to. I don't want to broach Godwin's law or anything. But. For for the most part, most of the people there, you know, were peacefully singing and protesting, and wanted their voice to be heard. I mean, honestly, still being irritating, but just not. You know, <laughs> too, but but too innocuous. Much. Like honestly, they're they're only a a group, a small group of these like instigator anarchist guys that were the dudes throwing bottles at the cops. I, I'd say for the most part, most of the people just had acoustic guitars and were sitting around chanting their songs doing their little we are the 99 percent chance and you know whatever which is also just it's become just this meaningless slogan but the way it went down on tuesday night we found out about it because he follows his twitter feed so we ended up going there probably about like 9 nine thirty, and they were supposed to be out at ten thirty, and it was a much smaller group there's only about 400 people so and before we were talking about sunday this is tuesday this is tuesday night and so it was about 400 people i had my camera ready ready to get some good police brutality and these people were definitely ready there were barricades set up um they had like their i don't know their bottles of water buckets of water that they were going to put the tear gas in to put it out and like their <laughs> gas masks and everything and they're singing you know their chants and you know we were videotaping and all of a sudden you saw these helicopters show up and just kind of you know lighting up the crowd and then you saw every like all the media was on like across the street on uh, first street but look across the street from the park but i mean it was every news outlet when you and say so, the helicopters were lighting up the crowd, you mean with a spotlight? Spotlight with like on the crowd. stinger missiles. <laughs> no, no, I mean they were they were spotlighting the crowd to see how many right, people were there. Right, sure. And so what what the cops did, and I got handed to them. I was I was impressed with their with their tactic here. They completely flanked the protesters, and what they did is they showed up at First and Main with a group of a, at least. I mean, they, they started coming in buses with like 50 did. cops coming off each bus like 30 buses I mean, it was yeah. quite impressive i'd never seen a police force. force like this and so the, yeah they showed up with about i don't know it's probably 500 cops at first in maine and the whole it sucked up the whole crowd of protesters that were there and they had already blocked off the streets so no other protesters could join so mm-hmm. it, was a, it was like an isolated group of about 500 and the so crab they, pot initiative yeah. and so when so all the the protesters like swarmed the the cops that were standing there in line in formation and just were chanting and 99% thing and like singing their songs and everything. Meanwhile, at the south side of the park from City Hall, about like a thousand cops burst through City Hall and just started dismantling the, the whole camp because most wow. of the protesters were in the street and they came out with tear gas. They were just arresting dudes, rubber bullets. I mean, it was pretty bad. It's just ripping down the tents. And there's one, one, one of my favorite things, and this is why I ran to go get a picture of it. Is uh there there's like this bamboo peace sign construction thing that someone had made. And there were like three cops just in stormtrooper outfits just stomping on it. It was awesome. Very symbolic. But um all the <laughs> protesters say, I think people are gonna I know you, so but I think people are gonna misinterpret this. It's not like you're a fascist, right? You're not like really into the police state. You're just you loved it because it was a spectacle. It was a spectacle, exactly. That's what I, I wasn't I'm not rooting for the police. 
And I'm, I'm people are going to say when you say it was awesome that the police were like ripping down the encampment that you're like love the police and you like have, you just would love it if like a cop was like ramming you from behind right now. But you just like the spectacle and the chaos. It's the chaos that you never you never get to see. I mean, it was complete and utter disorder. I mean, right. I had never seen. I had you're kind never of seen you kind of view force. the world from a remove. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm I'm not, you know, I probably support the 99%, the occupiers more than I do um the police, but I can see both sides to the to the argument here. And mostly but, you just like to see shit get fucked up. I I was entertained. I wanted to get my video <laughs> of some nice police brutality or police bashing in a hippie skull. That's what I what I wanted to see. And it, not that I I want but that you would have been to be wouldn't hurt. you have been just as happy to see a hippie bash in a police skull? Um, exactly. If a hippie like came out with like a You just you know, wanted to see skulls bashed. I wanted to see some some action, some violence. That's what I was there for. Exactly. And so what happened is once the, the cops swarmed the south end of the camp, all the protesters ran in there, they're like, Get back to the park. Gotta protect the park. And at that point, we were kind of caught I was like at the outskirts of the park, I was kinda of caught in there, and so I started videotaping it. And you could see all the cops. I posted a video on Facebook of it. And you could see all the cops just in formation surrounding the park. And at one point, the guy I was with, Chris, was like, dude, I think we should leave. And I was like, uh, yeah. So we start going. And this cop like was like, get out of here. You, you staying or you going? And so we were like, oh, no, no, we're going. And this little Asian cop, you know, full on riot gear or whatever. And uh, his nightstick just jumps forward and just nails me in the stomach with his nightstick. And was like, too late for you. You're getting arrested. You had your chance. Oh, yes. The removed observer is is brought down to reality. Oh, dude, it was terrible. I was like, whoa, whoa. You gotta whoa. take a side, brother. I was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, I'm not. I'm not with them. I was like, I'm not, I'm not an occupier. I'm, I'm just uh, I'm uh, media. I was like, media. I'm <laughs> uh, some I, guy. I was just like, I host a podcast. Sick and Wrong, the podcast. You heard of us? And he's just like, he, well, he said, save it for the judge. And I was just like, no, um, no, 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 no. I'm taking pictures. I, I'm not a hippie. I'm not dirty. I, I shower. I was like, I'm just leaving. And he's like, nope. And he wouldn't let us go. And so the other cop is like, you can try the other side. So I was kind of getting that feeling of dread. You know, you know that feeling where your gut sinks? You're like, oh, fuck. Like, this is going to suck. Right. And so yeah. we rushed to the other side. And it was the same Every thing. Every morning, was, I feel like that. <laughs> We rushed to the other side, and uh, this cop was just like, nope, you had your chance. You're getting arrested now. And they just would not Shit. let us leave. And so I was at this point kind of panicking because all the – That's uh, when you climb up in a tree. There were protesters up in the trees. And then there were all these <laughs> – Exactly. See, I know what to do. There were all these protesters like sitting there, their arms locked on the ground, singing their songs. And I was like, no way. We're stepping up over the people trying to get to the other side. And I saw like a group of uh, media guys, like CNN dudes or something with their cameras – Cops weren't allowing any cameras in the park because there was some police brutality going on down there. They did not want it on film. And so there's a scuffle going well, on. Well, okay, to play another devil's advocate, you can't let camera people into the park that you're trying to clear out because then how you do you know who the camera people are and who the uh, actual people you're trying to get cleared out are? These guys had fluorescent CNN news like vests on. They would know. All right. I mean, and they Fair had enough. like an actual official television camera. They were shutting it down because they didn't want this to get out. And I mean, it wasn't, to their credit, there wasn't that much violence, but there was some. I mean, there were some, some dudes that just wouldn't cooperate that were fighting with the cops and they were just shut down, like thrown to the ground and zip tied. It's great. Uh -huh. and so, but I was trying, but at that point, I wasn't trying to film anything. I was just trying to get out of there before I got arrested. 
and put on a bus with a bunch of dirty hippies, which would have been terrible. I, I mean, it would have been terrible. I, would, I don't even know what I would have done. I would have missed work for like a week. $5,000 bail. They wouldn't have kept you in for a week. They would have kept you in overnight, though. Well, so anyway, the scuffle was taking place with some cops and these CNN camera guys. And while while we walked over there and just kind of snuck by them. And they kind of grabbed all the media people and just shoved them in a corner, like across the street from the park. And we were kind of stuck with the media people. But we weren't allowed to leave until, like, we eventually slipped away, probably around, like, 2, 2.30 in the morning. Because they had the whole area. Did you get to meet Wolf Blitzer or anything? No, but uh, I did recognize... Anderson uh, Cooper? No, there was a yeah. Anderson Cooper wasn't. I'm surprised Anderson Cooper just wasn't like in the tree, you know, just uh, in the tree, just like right down and you know, right, right in the middle of it, in the thick of it. That guy lives on the edge. I wonder if him and Barney Frank are friends. I think they're more than friends. But anyway, I, yeah, I would have. I was like this close to having to call you to bail me out, or. Oh my God. How do you think what? that would have went down? Wackerly, dude, I need five grand. I'm stuck in jail. First dude, they, all, they had a makeshift jail at Dodger me. Stadium for the 300 people that were arrested. That'd be cool to hang out on the mound. Yeah, that would have been awesome. I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was about to call you, or even worse, I'd have had to call my brother. That would have just oh, been. Oh, that would have went well. Yeah, yeah, that would have been great. I'd be like, hey, 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 guy. I'm stuck in jail. Can you can you bail me out? Five grand's all I need. I could just hear him just go, Yeah, you remember Cedar Point? You remember Cedar Point? <laughs> you remember when we were Cedar Point? You left me on the bench with no sunscreen and no shorts. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, I don't think you would have been very um, understanding, very empathetic to my cause. No. But luckily, luckily, I was not uh, I was not arrested, and I am here to do the show tonight. You but yeah, it was definitely a spectacle. Like a I definitely achieved what I went there to get. What I went there to go. It, it became a little too real for me, though. I gotta we'll say, we'll see how many hits the video gets. Yeah, <laughs> I did post a video of it on Facebook, though. You can check it out. Final thing I'm going to say about it: my favorite guy the whole night. My favorite guy the whole night was uh, this guy showed up. It was right in the beginning when the first comps, like the five, first 500 showed up at first in Maine and all the people run forward over there. This like Asian dude walks over to me and he was like, dude, do you see that? And I was like, see what? He goes, the golden pumpkin. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? What golden pumpkin? He's like, the golden pumpkin over there. I was like, I don't see a golden pumpkin. And then he was like, I'm tripping, man. Seriously, I'm, tri- that's I'm what I tripping. On, he's like, I'm tripping on acid. Oh. And I was like, okay, this is probably the worst place to ever be on acid, but all right, that's fine. <laughs> it's pretty good, probably. I mean, until the cops come. This was before the cops. No, the came, cops were there. Oh, they're they, yeah, there. Yeah, there like 500 of them lined up. And, oh, and yeah. so then he looks at me, good. he was like, hey. And I was like, uh, yeah. He's like, why are all these people here? <laughs> <laughs> And I, I just kind of, <laughs> Who gets acid anymore? I wouldn't even know where to begin. I don't know. I, I could have got some from this guy. I didn't even know what to say I'd to be him. able to find a hand grenade before I'd be able to find acid. LSD. <laughs> but yeah, luckily I made it out of there. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with the movement. If they uh, end up... They can't get back in the park. I walked by, walk by the park and it's all blocked off. They're sterilizing right. that thing. But remember, but remember, they had a big incident in Oakland where they were rubber bulleting people, and everybody went to jail. And then two days later, the part the camp was back up. I don't know if they can get back in this one. I mean, there's like eight foot high fences around it. Um, they're like spraying it down with chemicals. Well, just totally like full on like spraying it to get out the dirty hippie smell. 
It's gonna yeah, it's I gonna take know, a man. lot of chemicals for that. A lot of bleach. I don't know. I'm like you. I'm not anti the movement. Well, I'm kind of anti every group movement. I hate groups and group protests, but I'm not anti the principles. I would just like to see something focused and and see either a a a goal that fails to be met or is met. Like not just this like wishy-washy fucking bullshit like we're just trying to wait, raise awareness, man. Or just and like protesting well, all right, for the sake we're all of aware now. So well, you know, we'll What's see. We'll, we'll see if they learn from it. We'll see what ends up happening. Right. Uh, people, this is episode yeah. uh, 306 here, Sick and Wrong. Quick recap of last week. Uh, we did two stories. First one was coin tossing in the Philippines. Dangerous game. Can be. And the second one was about a Black Friday pepper spray incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story that won, not surprising, is the coin tossing in the Philippines. Probably Why is that not surprising? It's not surprising. Like because uh, you know, I mean, the, the Black Friday won pepper spray. I think people expected that. Although <laughs> I agree with you. versus hand grenade. Well, I agree with you, though. Black Friday is worthy of five stars. It's five stars of just being completely awful. Yeah. It is just a sick and wrong thing. It's become a beast that needs to be put down. People, you know the way sick and wrong works. Wack and I present the most disturbing news on the week here on the show. Audience votes. And a winner gets a sick and wrong care package. You can send your submissions to sickandwrongpodcast.com, submit via Facebook or via Twitter or even the Sick and Wrong Forum. Before we get to our stories here for uh, episode 306, here's a word from our sponsor, audible.com. Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. With over 75,000 titles to choose from, Audible has it covered. Get a free audiobook download when you sign up for a free trial. Go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash diddle and get your free audiobook today. All right, Wacker, the first story here uh, came from Jimmy, who says, I'm a student. Last week, it, I don't even remember doing this, but at one point we asked everybody to tell us what they do, and it's got occupations. It, it's like I'm a I load paper down at the Staples, you know, or the Office Max. It's like okay, well, we don't really care about that. I, I you know, I still like people to you announce their uh, yeah their occupation and women to announce. Uh, their I guess measurements. it's better than not having it. I like when women announce their measurements. Be specific. I like that too. Give us an idea that of who are, you are. That I that I enjoy. So Jimmy writes. Um, this is probably the closest thing a Frenchie has ever had to a wash. Keep it sick, keep it wrong. Uh, he's referring to a recent story that happened in France where a child died after his father put him in a washing machine as punishment. Washing machine <laughs> a, punishment. A laundry machine. Yeah, like a laundry, like a washer. Mm, a father in France has been accused of killing his three-year-old son by locking him in a washing machine and starting a cold wash cycle as punishment for misbehaving in his nursery school. Christophe, I can't even pronounce his last name, Champanoa or whatever, I don't know. Champanois. Champanois. Oh. Uh, 33 years old, inflicted the punishment on the toddler after the child had thrown a drawing by a classmate down a toilet earlier that day. He's an that's art egregious. critic. He's an art <laughs> critic. Isn't no, that something you should nurture? Egregious. 
probably. You know, especially you, if he's French. Yeah, you. This is, it seems like a classic French snobbery right there. Th- starting yes. at the oh, age of three, you're learning to be a cunt very early in life. You <laughs> think you're an artist that will never be in the Louvre? Très bon. And then he just tosses it right down the toilet. Yeah, it stinks like a poo, like a poo poo. I uh, diarrhea over your sketchbook. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, the father is actually upset about this, this, this acting out, this misbehaving at nursery school. No child of mine. If you're going to act out, you should do a better job of it. <laughs> Maybe you didn't act out enough. You should bend down the flag of the USA. <laughs> Stinks. <laughs> you call that acting out? <laughs> I um, shit on your acting out. He allegedly forced his son, Bastion naked into the washing machine and let it run for several minutes. The kid is named Bastion. 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 Jesus Christ. Seriously, uh, can we just nuke that country? It's close to Bastard, which isn't that bad of a name. I kind of like It reminds me of the kid from The NeverEnding Story. What was his name? Bastion. Was his name Bastion? Bastion. I thought it was Sebastian. Well, yeah, but I think one of the other... I think the princess of fucking Dreamland calls him Bastion. Moving on. <laughs> now, there's an obscure reference. I don't even remember Gamork, that. Gamork rules. Um, I'd like to get a tattoo of Gamork. What is Gamork? The dog? That, like, flying dog? The nothing! <laughs> Mortal! <laughs> Bow down before my awesome tattoo. So the child here was forced naked into the washing machine, and he let it run for several minutes. I think that is a key point, is because <laughs> is he didn't just point. put him in the washing machine. He actually let it run. With um, the door shut? With the door shut, yeah. With the detergent death, in it. The death has shocked the local community. Oh, and the I, kid died? Yeah, the kid died in there. Oh, he, Jesus he, Christ. You know, you know what I think, I think the shock is from? is because they shock, they're so shocked that he made his son take a bath, which is in direct contrast to the French lifestyle. It says, we do not bathe in this country. We like our smell. And, you know, they now this they, kid... I think they bathe, but they just don't bathe often. Do they bathe, really? It's, but it's like an every five days thing or something. Dude, it's they created the bidet so they don't have to bathe. True. I mean, I think they it, also is, don't. They, they also don't use um, antiperspirant or deodorant. No, I which did. I get. The antiperspirant kind of grosses me out, like some chemical that you put in your armpit and you don't sweat magically. I mean, that doesn't seem healthy. But French, but you people, gotta you gotta put some kind of a scented gel up there, or else it just gets fucking nasty. Exactly. I mean, they, they, French. I mean, it, it, it's not. It's a stereotype, but it's a true stereotype. It's like Jews are Jews are miserly. You know, Jews are stingy. Yeah, that's true. A lot of Jews yeah. are. And I'm, I'm sure but not you guys, every But French... you Jews don't smell very often. I know. No, I mean Jews use deodorant. They very bathe. neutral, mild scent to you. And I think uh, the the you know I think you know yeah I'm sure a lot of French people do actually take showers and uh, do bathe. But uh, the, there are I think it's a stereotype for a reason. French people smell, and so the community was shocked about. And they this. eat a lot of garlic, which also comes through your pores and, and onions and stuff, and that smells too. It's, it's part of it. And they smoke. So the neighbor here... Actually, all this shit can be said about me, too. <laughs> so I don't know what the fuck I'm criticizing. Are you French? I um, smell and I eat onions and smoke, so... Uh, the neighbor Alice here told the, French's, or told the French capital's newspaper, Le Parisien, that, that the toddler's mother, Charlene, had rushed to her door carrying his body after the incident, claiming he had oh, fallen Charlene. down the stairs. 
He's I, a fine bit of crumpet, that Charlene. <laughs> she says, I took him in my arms like a broken doll. I felt the last beat of his heart. Charlene didn't move. She was right all over. She didn't understand that he was dead. I think she was probably shocked that he was so clean. <laughs> now I feel bad about sexualizing her. <laughs> then you went on to like describe this like heart-wrenching scene. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, you find her so sexy now, carrying her dead child there, Waggerly? Not so, not so much. Is that a new a fetish little. for you? A Mothers little. with their dead infants? <laughs> Dot com. Um, the parents stuck to their story about an accident on the stairs. Um, that that's kind of what they're. She claimed. I guess they told. Uh, she told the neighbor that the kid fell down the stairs. They stuck to that story. But their five-year-old daughter revealed that her brother was locked inside the washing machine, and this wasn't the first time. It's a strange oh. punishment. So he had lived through it a couple times. But it's such a weird punishment. Like the French, the French have to do everything their own way. I, th- I think that's why we hate them. They they have to be so unique. Because in America, right. we punish our children in the dryers. We put them in the dryer, not the washing machine. No, the dryer. It's but for, hot. Yeah, I mean, you put them There's in no the liquid, dryer. no liquid. They're not going to drown. So you it's a tumble dry. You tumble dry those little bastards. You tumble dry that little fuck. He's going to come out and he's going to mind what you say. Where's the French and people? On, on top of that, like, if somebody asks you, you know, like, oh, how did you punish your kid? Why don't you, like, rub shit all over the, his bedroom wall? You're like, I put him in the fucking dryer. And people are like, oh, good job. Good job, yeah. <laughs> And USA. like in France, like with wine, you're like, well, what kind of wine is this? They're never like, oh, it's a Cabernet or it's like a Pinot. They're like, oh, this is from the Swanonese home. This, this is, is from Bordeaux. And you're like, I don't know what the fuck that is. Just tell me what kind of grape it is. And also with the punishment, when you put your kid in the washing machine, they're like, I gave him the vicious swallow method. And you're like, what? <laughs> what is that? Oh, you don't know? Well, fuck you, fucking American big dog. They got to do it their own way. You know, they just have to be unique for the sake of being unique. So irritating. Obtuse, I think, is the word. They have to be obtuse about everything. Just so irritating. Fucking French. Anyway, Bastion, the child here, is said to have died within minutes of being taken out of the family's home. Uh, Local policemen said that the uh, 33-year-old man has been arrested for murder of a minor, and the man's wife has also been arrested for the non-assistance of a person in danger. It's probably the seems only like way they for, could be. For, 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 for Europe, that seems like a pretty appropriate uh, accusation. Charge, yeah. You know, um, it's probably the only way they can get the, the child to bathe. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick by my assertion You're here. Sticking by the bathing thing, okay. So on the sick and wrong star scale, got to give this a five star. I'm giving this a five star because it's the first time I think we've ever done a child abuse story where the kid was put in a washing machine. I think it might be the first time we've ever done a French story. No, we've done tons of French stories. Really? Yeah, we've had quite a few. I think you did a story about a French lady that was hiding infants in her garden. Oh, in the fish tanks. Fish tanks, fish tanks. Dirt in them. Yeah, yeah no, but there's okay. some plenty of sick and wrong activity going on in It France. always involves children. And then they had that, like, like 20-person child sex ring cult. I remember that, too. Yeah, so we, I think we, we've yeah, done our fair share of French stories. I give it five also. All right, I'll take that. The washing so, uh, machine. What do you have here for uh, the, the second story? I have something a little closer to home. Uh, this was sent in by Dominic Eaton, and he says this is a story that might be just as bad as the Penn State scandal, which is quite a claim. 
The, the Penn State scandal, you're like more and more information is coming out. It's being revealed every day with that. It's great. None of it's good. No, none of it's good. I mean, didn't, didn't I mean, a victim great, come but forward? But didn't a victim yeah. come forward recently? Some like 30 year old guy that had been molested by him for like 10 years? Right. And remember, full penetration of 10 year olds in the shower. In that's the shower. Like a grown man scandal. showering with 10 year olds. Like, you can't get much more sick than that. I mean, that's completely insane that anyone would even let that happen. Well, let me. Tell me what you if you think this stacks up. This is from uh, Barney, Mr. Barney Frank's home state of Massachusetts, and oh, Andover. Barney Frank's not in the story, is he? He's not in the story, but he might have something to say about it if we ever get him to call in again. Uh, Andover police are investigating an uh, allegation of hazing that took place during the summer when uh, members of the Andover High School basketball team were attending the Hoop Mountain basketball camp. Is this high school hazing or college hazing? High school. Hmm. So it's a high school basketball team or, or high school basketball team prospects. They're going to do like a, a summer basketball camp, right? Did they, they haze in your high school? I was never in any sports, so I have no idea. Like I had some fucking, you know, teachers that gave us fucking shitloads of homework that was ridiculous to do as, a, you know, a 17, 16-year-old kid. But I, I remember, remember getting hazed. I, I remember my freshman year. The seniors would just grab random freshmen and throw them into a ditch that they called the Zambezi that was in the back of the school. It was just an irrigation ditch, and they would just toss you in there. I got tossed in there. That kind of shit. I guess I never. That's I always. I guess bullying is hazing, right? I guess yeah. There was bullying. But yeah, it was plus never... all this when I was when I was in ninth grade. All of the twelfth graders, the seniors, like at least seventy five percent of them were on steroids. What? Looking high- back at it now, I, huh? Were they just huge, like massive city dudes? Like two to three times the mass of us ninth graders, and and maybe a couple kids took steroids in my graduating class, but it wasn't like like the entire, well, like I said, three quarters of the class. These dudes were all these just big galoots. But I don't understand why. Like, were they muscle men, like trying to compete in some kind of muscle building competition? I just think like it's it's just like any kind of drug. Like so, sometimes a drug just explodes within like a certain tranche of people going through high school. And and the seniors when I was in ninth grade, the drug that exploded for them was steroids. And so then so, they they all that's kind of weird. I mean, it's just such a weird drug because I would never do one that fucked with my genitalia. If I knew my well, junk could possibly shrink and get any smaller than it is right now, I would never touch a drug. How insane is that? But when you're that? 17, 18 year old, years old, maybe you don't have that kind of forethought, right? You're just like, I could be like huge like Arnold and like, you know, the biggest movie at the time was probably Terminator. And they're all like, fuck yeah. No, you Anyways, know, it was just a very scary environment to have like the dudes who were two grades ahead of you. They could just stomp you because they're all juggernauts. Oh, easily. They were all completely juggernauts. And, and you just, there was like, it made no sense because back then I didn't understand that they were all on steroids. I just thought that I was a little like hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> or something. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, where am I? Oh, well, let's get right into it. So they were all at camp, the basketball players, the high school basketball players were at summer basketball camp. And it turns out that two of the team's younger players, we were just talking about hazing, were coaxed into participating in a game. And the game is called the Ookie Cookie. <laughs> Really? I already know. I already know what the Oogie Cookie is. Yeah, but I thought the Oogie Cookie was a myth. 
I always thought it was a myth too. I thought it was like the dirty Sanchez and the rusty trombone and just shit that people think up, but it never really happened. Well, I always, right? I've heard about these. I think we've discussed them on the show, but I've heard in college, like frat boys would do different hazing rituals like that. The Oki cookie was a big one. Uh, there's the, the elephant line where you, you have your thumb in a dude's asshole in front of you and you have one thumb in your mouth. And if your asshole or if your thumb falls out of the guy's ass, you switch thumbs. <laughs> which is disgusting but i, I always thought those dis- were that might be dis- more disgusting than the okie cookie which shall i to dis- describe what the okie cookie yeah, is? explain the okie cookie and actually the article doesn't even do a very good job of explaining it i just know what it is the article says that this game is where one of the players was forced to eat an oreo cookie covered in bodily fluid but that's not the whole story that's right? yeah no, no that's not how the okie cookie goes down that's all that the article says, but I'll fill you guys in, the listeners. The Ookie Cookie is where, and you guys might already all know, and I might sound like an asshole, but so what's, what else is new? The Ookie Cookie is where there's a cookie in the center of like seven or eight dudes in a circle, and you're all forced to jerk off in front of each other, and nobody likes to jerk off in front of other dudes. Well, Barney Frank does. But <laughs> I was about to say, this is like probably Barney Frank's favorite game. Straight dudes don't like to jerk off in front of other dudes. But the incentive is that everybody's supposed to beat off to ejaculation, and you're supposed to ejaculate on this cookie, and the last person to come, or maybe he's not even going to come, the last person who doesn't come, probably, has to eat the cookie that's covered <laughs> in the semen, which this article calls bodily fluid. So Wow. And, but you know what's... what's, what's disgusting i guess this mental image i have it's an oreo i mean i've always heard it was like i've always thought it was like a big a bigger cookie that oreos are kind of small so that would be completely covered in ball milk well it depends on the aim of everybody and like do they scrape up the stray threads ropes i'm just saying if they get anywhere near it it's there's probably a lot of ball milk on that cookie and it's yeah that's it's that's disgusting i almost find that worse than the elephant chain (laughs) <laughs> really? <laughs> We're not doing this thought experiment that you're no, trying no, to no, lead me down the garden the... path of like, would you rather do the elephant chain or eat a semen-covered cookie? People, you can think about that on your own. <laughs> <laughs> you can make your own decision on that. So We're not going to discuss story, this. Which yeah. you said we're not doing anymore. We're not doing this. All right. Let's just move but on. But I will do the story. The head basketball coach, David Fazio, um, he actually reported the incident as soon as he heard of it, which is the thing that happened with Joe Paterno, you know, the head coach at Penn State. He's in so much shit because he didn't report it as soon as he heard of it. Or he reported it to, like, underlings, and he never followed up on it. Um, but this coach, even though he reported it, he's come under fire for failing to properly discipline the other players who were allegedly involved. Uh, a couple of students have been expelled. Seven have been suspended, but some of them still were able to try out for the uh, you know the varsity team that year, which I, a lot of parents and and community members say they should have been completely barred from being associated with the basketball program at all. What I don't understand about this, even at like a you know sixteen or seventeen year old kid or fifteen even for that matter, if a bunch of dudes, if I'm at a camp and a bunch of dudes are like. You want to be in the cool crowd, or you want to be one of us? You want to be on our team? You guys all got to jerk off on this cookie, and the last one to come has to eat it. I would be like, are you out of your fucking mind? And then I'd walk away, and I wouldn't even care. about. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, I, there's, a no, there's no point in my life that I, I think I'd ever not have enough sense to be like, are you fucking insane? 
I agree, <laughs> and I actually, I actually doubt this story. I've all, like, like I said at the beginning, I always thought this was a myth, and I actually doubt the veracity of this story. Like, but you're trying out for the basketball team. You know, there's these hot basketball cheerleaders. You've seen the like, you know, prom king getting all kinds of ass, and he was the king of the basketball team. But still, when they put a jizz-covered cookie in front of you and tell you you have to eat it to, like, get, I'm like, fucking math club doesn't make me eat semen. I'm out of here. I might get beat up or get a swirly every now and then, but at least I don't have to eat a semen-covered Oreo. And every time I look at the dudes who are on the basketball team, I'm going to think, like, yeah, you're hanging out with the basketball cheerleaders, but you ate cum on a cookie. You know what's, what's and that will make me feel better about myself. What's interesting about that is everyone's so you know in high school so insecure, like hyper insecure about their sexuality or sexual orientation, but yet they engage in extremely homosexual activities such as this. Well, allegedly, allegedly engaged, but I mean they, you know, I mean this is like something I'm, I'm just, just shocked that these kids would be like, yeah, you know, we like to do this type of thing. Well, let me finish can... out the facts, okay, and then right, we can right. discuss more of these meta <laughs> analysis. The kids, even though they're able to try out for the team, they could face up to a year in jail and $3,000 fine. Obviously, none of these kids are going to a year in jail for making some kid jizz on a cookie and eat it. Do you think it was the kid that ate the cookie that told on them, or one of the witnesses, just another kid that was there? It was one of the kids who uh, who had to eat the cookie. And then the other, there was two kids. One was uh, forced to play the game, and I think he's the one who reported it. And the other one has transferred to another school and isn't like the primary uh, witness. I, I would um, never. But, be... but you know, the the director of the camp is saying like, "Oh, the my blood is boiling and it's it's upsetting." And um, there's a kid at the high school that says, "I just want to know why." This is not in any way, shape, or form normal. This is really poor reflection on Andover. Ninety percent of the town is totally shocked by this. <laughs> Who's the one percent? Dude, this probably happens in Barney Frank's kitchen, like yeah. at least once a week. Um, so yeah, I I actually don't think this happened. What? what? I mean, it's it's uh, a it's a, it's a national it? story reported in a national newspaper, but at some at some level in here, and the in the in the administration of the school and the coaches are all taking it seriously, but this is bullshit. I I don't doubt it. You had a kid that actually witnessed it. Kids are actually being charged with something. I think, uh, you know, that's the thing with high school kids, and police are are incredible at doing this. Because you're, you can you can use your, uh, your authority as an adult to just, ex- like, squeeze out the truth. And the way cops do it is they separate. Like, cops will come over. I, I remember this happening many times. Cops would come over, and they would break up a party. And then everyone right. would scatter, but then they would get a group of you, you know, that were too drunk to leave or whatever. They'd separate the group. And then they would scare the shit out of one, one of the kids, the weakest one, the one that they could break. And then that kid will just tell everything. And I bet you that's what happened. They probably broke two or three of those kids, especially like the seniors that probably are the guys that actually orchestrated the event. And they're just like, you know what? You're going to go to jail for five years. You're going to be the one that's going to be like drinking up semen and blah, blah, whatever, scaring the guy. And the guy just folded, completely broke him. So some kid ate a jizz-covered cookie. I think they're just walking away. I don't think it's beyond. I don't think it's beyond the realm of comprehension. Maybe I'm the naive one. You know, maybe I. I just can't imagine it happening. But 
the world is just more horrible than I can even contemplate. It's 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 absolutely disgusting. And, and I give it five. Then if some kid actually ate a jizz covered cookie because he thought he was going to be cool and be on the basketball team, or he was bullied, and all into these it. dudes like him. It's not even like a girl is saying like, if you eat a jizz covered cookie, I'll let you finger bang me. No, I mean he's just it's like I just want accepted. these dudes to like me. Fuck that. Yeah, I'm giving it five. I'm going to give it a five. If this really happened, I'm giving it five. I'm going to give it a five as well. But I want to say one thing about this. I'm amazed that these guys could actually achieve ejaculation. Because when but you're remember, under duress... Remember, the, the story doesn't explicitly say that it's the circle with the dudes ejaculating. Like Maybe maybe this is sort of a bastardized version of the game where the, one, guy, you know, one of these senior basketball players took the cookie in the bathroom, jerked off on it, and just brought it out and was like, you got to eat that. Oh, okay. So and he's I mean, calling that the Okie Cookie. He's a Philistine. He doesn't really understand the game. But I mean, the, the way the game's played. If we're gonna, if we're gonna suppose that the game is at a played senior level, traditionally, at a varsity college they, level, it's played. Different. It would be like you know a few guys standing around trying to come on a cookie. I just wouldn't be able to perform. I think I'd have a. But that's I think the I would point. Trouble. If you can't, if the other guys can perform before you. You're the one who has to eat it. If they can perform before you, yeah, I, I just they I don't would, have to. Eat I it. know I would lose, so I'd definitely never participate in the game just for that reason. I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely I'm going to give this five stars. People, you can decide which story won Sick and Wrong episode 306. Go vote sickandwrongpodcast.com. Ah, the holidays. It's snowing outside, the fire is crackling, and there's a big jar of unused lube on your nightstand, and that can only mean one thing. <laughs> It's December. Yes, that time of year that we celebrate Christ's alleged birth with the purchase of a shiny brand new dildo at AdamEve.com. And if you use coupon code DIDDLE on your order, you'll get 50% off your first purchase, three free adult DVDs, and a free gift. Show your loved ones you still care and cram a brand new dildo down their holiday road. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, AdamandEve.com, and making a purchase using coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E, like priests do to altar boys. Hallelujah. So, Wacker, before I get to the first phone call here to the Sick and Wrong hotline, I want to give a big uh, thank you to Anti-Tank Dog for that $100 gift certificate to BevMo. I was stoked, dude. Got it in the mail. Well, I got fifty bucks. You got fifty bucks. Yeah, and in actuality, it wasn't a one hundred dollar gift card. It was two fifties, and he sent them to each of us, which is like he's a genius. Like no other listener could figure it out. Where do I send it? I don't know. He was like, "Fuck this! I'm smart. I'll split it up and send it to each of us." I was just happy he didn't just send it to the PO box, which meant a hundred dollar gift certificate to Bevmo just for you, which would have be been gone in a night, probably, yeah, maybe. But no, I was stoked. And uh, people, if you're thinking about getting us a holiday gift, because, you know, uh, Crimbus is just around the corner, yeah, a good idea. Sense. Don't waste your time knitting us matching scarves or mittens. We like liquor. We love liquor. In fact, liquor makes just a perfect gift for the holidays. For any occasion, liquor really. Liquor and porn. Liquor and porn. That's really it. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm down for either one. So... Yeah, you know, the uh, you can find our address. The P.O. Box is right on the main page. Check on podcast.com. Just click on contact and uh, send us uh, gift certificates to BevMo. We love that Although shit. Although that, that's all going to come to me. So <laughs> if they want to send you something, they have to do sort of the behind the scenes, find out your address, which I guess is what Anti-Tank does. Just send us an email. Send us an email. Ask how you can do it. And uh, yeah, you know, we, we never solicit donations. We never do anything like that. But if you want to get us no. a gift... Uh, There's never been liquor. a donate button on our page. And, uh, we, we don't need to do that. You know, we never have. 
But tag. thank you, anti-tank dog. We definitely do appreciate gifts. And uh, yeah, I'm going to buy a fine bottle of bourbon to enjoy. I haven't decided what I'm going to buy yet. I almost used it for Thanksgiving to just like supply the booze to every. But I was like, then all my fucking fuck up friends are going to drink whatever good shit I get. And I was like, fuck no. I'm going to use this like betwixt the holidays. Yeah, I think like, I'm going to deal, since I have to go up to the Bay Area for Crimbus to be with my girlfriend's family, I'm going to buy a really good bottle of bourbon just so I can get and, through it. Yeah, Just to be completely yourself. inebriated. Yeah, I'm going to probably flask it, and I'll get them like a bottle of Jack Daniels or something. But I'm going right. to get me like a bottle of Knob Creek or something decent. Oh, better and, uh, go better than that. You got 50 bucks, man. Yeah, I guess I should probably go better than that. Get some like... Uh, you know, basil Buffalo Hayden, Trace or Basil Hayden. Yeah, Basil yeah, Hayden. Maybe we'll go or Booker's. Booker's is good too. Yeah, I'll get something like that and I'll flash that. But then uh, and I'll just be drinking that secretly all night. But thank you, Anti Tank Dog. Uh, we totally appreciate. It. I, was, I was stoked when I saw that. He's been a longtime fan. He gave me his T-shirt from his band, The Schlongs from Hell. He's also the guy who sent Great in an awesome video of himself like running into garbage cans with his uh, golf cart at his far- former job. That was good too. Yeah, yeah, no, that guy's definitely awesome. Um, so yeah, Wacker, let's get to the uh, first phone call here to the Sick Wrong Hotline. Um, a couple of these calls are in reference to topics and phone calls from previous um, episodes. So uh, here's perspectives. The, yeah, here's here's the first call talking about horses. Hey, what's going on, Dan Lance? Uh, just uh, finished up listening to the most recent podcast. Uh, I, I'm the one that called in about getting shot on by a horse. I would like to clear the air. I was not debagging. We're being teabagged by a horse. I actually own horses, and uh, I was picking out the hoof of the horse uh, that morning before work, and that's how I got pooped on. So that can happen when you're in pro- close proximity to horses. And uh, again, one more time, I'll assert horses are not bourgeois. The Amish people are probably the least bourgeois people I can think of. True. And their that's entire. True society is based on horses but i will give you that some some aspects are bourgeois but but not all i just didn't like the blanket assumption i'm certainly not bourgeois and i've got lots of horses all right all right i rescind my comment then i mean i I don't (laughs) i'll no i'll reserve the bourgeois bourgeois there are bourgeois horse owners but then there are also like you know 99 percent are horse owners too it it really is locational based. Like if you live in Los Angeles proper and you own a horse that you stable in some like ranch in Pasadena, costs a lot of money. Go, yeah, that you go and visit and so and there's like horse people who take care of your horse for you. That's bourgeois. If you live in the middle of nowhere, you know, Iowa, and you have some horses, Amish. obviously that's not bourgeois. Yes. If you live in Philadelphia <laughs> and you have horses, that's bourgeois. But if you live like in the middle of Pennsylvania Dutch country and have horses, that yeah, yeah, that's not. I think yeah, I think it can go either way. So I think we're we're both right. But I, I did. It, it's interesting to to finally find out how the guy ended up getting shat on, because I think that's what we were speculating as if uh, he was you know doing something nefarious to the horse, which uh, doing something deviant, which he obviously wasn't. He was working on the horse, but it's got to be dangerous. I'm not, I'm not so convinced that it wasn't deviant. He did, all he said he was picking up the horse's foot. How do we know that's no, not No, he deviant. was uh, re-footing their foot, like putting a horseshoe on his foot, probably. Maybe he has a horse foot fetish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's bourgeois, horse foot fetish. 
All right, uh, this other guy here, I think we called him a pedophile because he asked if, he asked us if uh, he's a pedophile uh, in a previous yeah. phone call. So I think he's defending himself by claiming he's not a pedophile, which I don't know if I believe. Hey, Signorong, it's Noah. Uh, first off, I'd like to thank you for that unanimous verdict that I'm a pedophile. I really put the cherry on top of my day, but yeah. I asked, didn't I? So, and uh, to answer Dee's question or proposal that I should fuck a 13-year-old add more drama to this already insanely dysfunctional family. The, I'm really just here to, as Lance put it, fuck this woman's span purse. <laughs> so, okay, a little backstory here. This dude moved to Texas, and he ends up, like, hooking up with, what, she's, like, a stripper or a waitress or something, and she's got, like, ten kids two of them are retarded five or something or five yeah. or something and yeah. and so while she's at work gyrating on a stage um her 13 oh. year old daughter who's you know a stripper in training ends up like giving him a lap dance or, or well but he was remember he was passed out drunk and he woke up as it was happening and she was grinding on his leg but and he was he, like like full mass though he had like full-on boner had an erection he was in boner country um all right well let's see what he says here come yeah, to boner watch. country and watch I have. I have a little short story to go along with this. Cause this is Can you pause this day. for a second? Just... He sounds stoned. <laughs> I was just going to say, this guy can call in at any time he wants and tell us any of his stories about this crazy relationship because you know they're all going to be good. <laughs> yeah, these are... I bet you every story, every day that this... Or every night this guy spends with this woman is probably... You know, worthy of a good epic tale. Here. Spends with this woman, or spends with the family, or, or you know, the the kids. It's all it's all going to be interesting. Yeah, no, this, this guy should be the official sick and wrong raconteur. And I I don't think he's just stoned. I mean, he's on like some oxy, <laughs> some lore tabs. Remember lore tabs? Lore tabs. Yeah, this guy's doing the lore tabs. We'll have to do a goddamn thing. They just create drama themselves. As I'm hanging out the other day, waiting for my lady, my classy lady friend, to get off work from her prison, or from the prison. At least one of her kids is there. She's, he's right across, talking to his girlfriend, watching TV. And uh, on the way home from work, she gets diverted, I guess. Her and her friends go and get smashed at Applebee's. <laughs> and uh <laughs> it's the details it's the details that are key apparently she's not a stripper she works at a prison she works, yeah that. she's i think she was she uh she was a prison guard i think yeah but they yeah. all she goes out with the other prison guards to applebee's and gets fucked up off of like gallon sized margaritas the 99 percent like applebee's i like applebee's fuck off one percent what are dick. you a one percenter you are. <laughs> I don't make enough money to be in the 1%. I tried to explain that to the cop, too. You're listen. a 1% sympathizer. <laughs> I'm, I'm 0%. I just want to see some heads being bashed in so I can videotape and get a viral video. <laughs> she staggers back like a couple hours later, staggers back to the doorway, just rambling about like yelling at her kids to do this and that and dogs to get the fuck out of the way and um, someone to take out the fucking trash and (laughs) my 
first thought is just, wow, she's a toast. I think my first thought would be like, wow, I'm sticking my dick in that. Well, but, no, in the ass. Oh, yeah. Maybe, yeah. That's, that's anal town. Right <laughs> no, but I think moment. the realization of this drunk prison guard women, you know, mother of five derelicts that comes home trashed, screaming at her kid to take out the trash. I, I think the realization would come in for me and I'd be like, wow, I'm sticking my dick in that. Why am I sticking my dick in that? And you'd be ashamed? I don't know. I'd probably get a shame boner. You are, yeah, you are the one percent. for shame. <laughs> it sounds good to but, me. It uh, sounds like an opportunity. No, it's definitely an opportunity, but I, I'm just saying, it's like the realization sets in, you know? It's like, when, you know, when you're getting a hand job from a hooker in the backseat of your car, I think it's like you have that, like, that, that flashlight moment, you know, that when God's flashlight in your face, and you're just like, wow, this is really happening. I'm actually getting my dick, you know, jerked off by a woman I'm paying to do, to do this to me. This is incredible. So we're, it's a it's, it's self-realization. So I imagine this guy... He sounds like he was at home with her kid and was just kind of like, wow, I'm fucking that. Not that it's a bad thing. No. She probably has a great ass. Was it Socrates or Plato who said, know thyself? That's when you know thyself. I just think it's a realization of self at these moments. You know yourself. You're like, this is who I am. That's it. I have no illusions. Exactly. But uh, she comes in, and one of the most discernible things she says is uh, she grabs the phone from her 14-year-old son, who's his girlfriend, just says, you know he's gay, right? And just <laughs> hangs up the phone, puts it down, goes to her de- bed, passes out. But as she's passing out, she yells uh, one more time, take out the fucking trash! And what does her son do? He gets up, says, yeah, right. And he goes over to the computer, and he just prints up porn and goes right upstairs. <laughs> I just thought you might like to hear that. This is, uh, this is my world. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. Noah, out. I don't even care if that guy is a pedophile. I would love a, like a weekly update. We're not going to play it every show, but these stories are just hilarious. Yeah, I just even for my own personal benefit, I just want to hear what's going on. In fact, I'd like this guy to take some video, some hidden video in in there. That might be a little creepy. <laughs> Children around? Yeah, but I mean, I like these exchanges between the mom and the son. I mean, how about just, just audio? audio? All right, some would audio be, would no, be that wouldn't fine be too, that wouldn't be porny, right? Just some like I want to hear her yelling. You know, he's gay, right? Yeah, you know, she, he should call the sick or wrong hotline. Just kind of leave the phone out so we can just hear it. That would be good. Or we could even bust off some of that, you know, sick and wrong t-shirt money and send him a mini recorder. Like a lariat mic that he could just kind of wear. That'd be good. Yeah. That'd be a good idea. I don't know. But Noah, thanks for that. And uh, yeah, definitely keep us updated on this. And uh, just, yeah, keep doing what you're doing because uh, this is entertaining. That That's life, you know? People get, people get too bogged down with their relationships and their marriage and their children and their dogs. It's like they, they, they get involved with these, like, I think it's because people are scared to be alone and they like comfort and they like security of what they know. Whereas this guy is actually living. He's living life. This guy, in the I'm moment. Of this guy. He's in the moment. This is living. This is life. How it should, this is carpe diem right here. 
This is it. This is what I got. This is what I'm doing. Uh, here's a, here's the last call. Yo, Sikranon, third eye and I here. Fucking, I uh, wanted to tell you a gross story. So there was one time I was dating this fucking skanky bitch, and we were having sex, and I was wearing a condom going at it, and the fucking thing just exploded. And I got up in her poos and fucking... Wait a second. How does a condom <laughs> just explode? I mean, what, what's a poos? <laughs> Is that the pussy? <laughs> Is it coos? Did her pussy explode or the condom? I don't even know what exploded. So, yeah, it exploded. I think he's saying the condom. Ex- have you ever had a condom tear or rip? Actually, no, I haven't. I, I've had it happen. I don't a buy my times. condoms hit, like in the bargain basement dollar store bin. You know, you know what I what I used to do at least in San Francisco. It's like uh, you know, you go to the city clinic to get tested, and they have a ton of free condoms. So I would just yeah, grab use that shit. Well, I would just grab a handful of free condoms, just shove them in my bag, and be like, sweet, now I don't have to buy any condoms. But the problem is, is there are an assortment of condoms. Like, there's regular lifestyle condoms, but then there's also a Magnum condom, which is definitely too big. But then there's, like, these Asian condoms called, like, silk that are tiny. And then what <laughs> what ends up happening is you, you know, you know, it's like, you know, you end up getting a chick back to your house, and you, like, grab a condom, and it's, fuck, all I got left are these Asian condoms. And you put them on, and they're just too small. Those are the ones that rip. Because it's just crimping your giant dick. No, it's like you put them on the top, and they're it's just they're, they just don't fit your cock. I mean, I'm not this saying story I have is a, apocryphal at best. I am not <laughs> saying I have a large penis by any stretch of the imagination. Still, but like, I don't. Could you even? I, I don't. You can even if, if a condom is too small. Can you even get it on your hard dick? No, you you yeah, you can. You can slip it over. I mean, you can put it on. And it just, I just go. I just go really to the tight, store. Though. I just I just go to the liquor store and buy the right size condoms. That's what I you do. Know, I, yeah, maybe maybe I should. And, you know, I I have done that before. But I'm just saying, <laughs> if you're gonna go get your, if you're gonna go get some STD testing done, and there's a bucket full of condoms right next to you, why not steal some or take some? Right. I mean, they're there to be taken. I just like to have a condom that's the right that, size. You know what they're day. called? They're called kimono condoms. That's what they are. They're like total kimono. Asian guy condoms. Yeah. Have you ever had? Are their, you like, sure they're blind? called kimonos? Isn't that what a Japanese uh, geisha girl wears? I, I swear they're called kimono. They're called, they're okay. like these tiny little condoms. Or then or then yeah, you get the 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 magnums, and then you're just like, what the fuck? I can fit my dick and my balls in this thing. <laughs> well, use it twice. <laughs> um, let, let's see what happens here. And uh, we started fucking uh, pulling whatnot out, and I got as much as I could. But uh, I think a but a couple weeks later, she was having menzies. And uh, we put a we put a towel down and started going at it. Who says well, that's that? Good. I mean, that, that her having Menzies is the best thing, right? Because I would says be that? like, "Oh shit, she might be pregnant." Who says Menzies? This dude. Yeah, but have you <laughs> heard like, I? "Oh, you know, we can't have sex. My girlfriend's having Menzies." <laughs> you never say that. You say on the rack. Like, what, what did he learn that from his mom? This guy's got to be. I don't know. I'm doubting this story. I have never ever talked to my mom about <laughs> like bleeding and fucking periods. <laughs> yeah, but you're you never had never your mom, your mom you know made her made her wackerly never came down and was just like Lance, I can't go out to the the video store to blockbuster and rent your movie because I have menses. No, it never happened. No, like that. mother wackerly, she just trooped. <laughs> she never fucking batted an eye. <laughs> She just puts the big old lady diaper on and goes about her business. Do you remember my mom? It was like a huge... I knew it was going on because it was a huge ordeal really? like for that week. Wow, my, I can't imagine. <laughs> but for that week, it's like my mom couldn't do anything. We had to like 
clean up the house and it was just like this huge massive ordeal so i was and it was announced or was it implicit no it was announced the whole house knew (laughs) when every every month when my mother's period was in town it was just like oh i can't do anything my mother did speak like a tranny I blame the Jew. This is a Jewish thing. It's a Jewish drama thing, totally. I bet you every Jewish listener out there knows exactly what I'm talking about. Their mother just won't shut the crackers, fuck up about her like, menses. I'm not about to start listening to my mom talk about her period. Like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> We're all getting through it. It's fine. I, I actually, when I was a kid, I thought she was, you know, had taken ill. I thought she like, was sick. Like, seriously, right. something was wrong with her before I actually found out that. Month. Yeah, and it just happens. Interesting. And there was fucking a... Uh, after a little bit, there was brown floodgates of, like, unnastiness, and then there was broken condom all up everywhere. It was bad times. But, yeah. So, sick or non, getting drunk off pumpkins, have fun. Wow. That guy was at, like, some kind of party. That was one of those party calls where some probably I actually, I, actually I like the party calls, but I actually think that was his TV. Oh, you think it was his TV? Yeah, if you listen closely, it sounds more like TV than Friends. <laughs> you know what? You know what I find interesting about this story, and the slightly it makes me slightly skeptical, is the fact that you, you fuck a girl, your condom explodes, and then you guys do the let's go fish in your pussy for the pieces of the condom game. I fished in pussy. You suck your. You went spelunking. Well, I know I just said that no condom had exploded, but I've had, con- I've had a condom slip off before. And yeah, you definitely go spelunking. You, you've like went, stuck your hand in there and just kind of pulled out the, <laughs> the condom? <laughs> Their pussies aren't that deep. I mean, a finger, <laughs> maybe two fingers. <laughs> and you're like, oh, there it is. But did you put it back on and continue, or were you done at that point? Well, <laughs> here's a sticky situation. When the thing slips off, have you came yet or not? That's the big question at the time. So, okay, you're saying that it... Yeah, see, now that, that is a sticky situation. <laughs> and if you pull it out, if you've already came as the man, because the girl probably hasn't came and isn't going to, so who cares? <laughs> But uh, does that you pull really it out and, and you sort of look at it like, does it look all like all the semen's inside there? And you're like, well, yeah, it kind of does. Then <laughs> you feel fine. And if it's like you know that you came and you pull it out, and yet there's no cum in the in the condom, then you get a problem. Yeah, that's when you get really scared. That's that's when you, if you haven't came yet and you pull it out, then you just then you oh, yeah you put it back on. That's when you uh, sneak off to the bathroom and see if she has any morning after pills. Right. Like in, in the medicine cabinet and then just kind of yeah. put it into her coffee the next day. Or just jam it right in her mouth. <laughs> That's even more direct. <laughs> I think butthole works a little faster for that. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah, fascinating story. Uh, thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, people, you can call the Sick Wrong Hotline at 206-666-3846. Uh, we got one email to get to here. Uh, this came from Rocky. Uh, Rocky says, hey, douchebags. Thanks for reminding me of one of the finest films ever. Thanks, Killing. I had to go watch it again. I've never heard oh, you God. mention these before, so I thought I'd give you a heads up on a couple of the other movies I like. Poultry Geist, Night of That's the Chicken Dead. That's an actual trauma movie. Have you seen that? Poultry Geist, Night of the Chicken Dead? I haven't seen it, but it's an a- that's an actual trauma movie, a Lloyd Kaufman production. You remember? Um, do you remember when I, I met Lloyd Kaufman and I had him sign... I don't remember the name of the movie, but it was like Dana. Oh, I Plato. have it right here. <laughs> what what is that? No, I mean, 
Babe, it was it's your birthday. The porn like... with Dana Plato in it. With What's it softcore called? Softcore porn. Oh, it's, it's called, called Different, different strokes. strokes. Yeah. Yeah, and she was she Dana Plato from I, Different you Strokes. You think I don't have that as a cherished item in my collection? <laughs> it's got Lloyd Kaufman's signature on it. And he even drew a little, like, if I could reach my microphone cord over there, I would go, but I can't. Now, I was in, uh, I was in there's the books. I was living in Chicago at the time, and the bookstore up the street, Lloyd Kaufman is doing a signing, and I don't know where I came across that Different Strokes video. I think I just might have had it. Or found it somewhere. And I think it, you, the story that you told me, which was probably complete bullshit, is that it was the cheapest thing in the store, and you had to get something signed, so you bought that and had him sign it. Yeah, actually, I think that is true because it wasn't it wasn't a bookstore; it was a record store that also had books. I don't even think it's, it's a open VHS anymore. tape, which I can no longer view because I don't have a, a video cassette machine. But it was like a VHS tape of, uh, and yeah, I think it was like. Three ninety nine or something or two ninety nine, and I just I had it. jacked off to it. By the way, <laughs> is it's it? But it's not a porn. porn. It's just like huh? it shows her bush, right? Like a hair pie shot. Which is a good no. Which is a good. A, most softcore porns don't show bush, but this is like a, a softcore plus. It shows bush. It's about Dana Plato from Different Strokes, and uh, there's another girl and there's one dude. So it's them all having this weird. Menage relationship and and there's Bush. There's lots of pool scenes. There's pool scenes with the Dana Plato and the other no name softcore porn. So actress. is the is the dude either Gary Coleman or Todd Bridges? No, he's a white guy. It oh, might Conrad be Bain. Conrad Bain, the dad. He seems a little younger though. <laughs> that so, would be great know. though if they did a porn where Mr. Drummond ended up fucking the shit out of Kimberly Dana Plato. And what was the housekeeper's name? Mrs. Garrett. Facts of life. Well, that's true, but there was a second housekeeper too. I was thinking the second one, but you're right. It was Miss the first one was Mrs. Garrett. Mrs. Garrett, yeah. And there was a big spinoff. Yeah, facts life. Anyway, he says, uh, "Poltergeist: Night of the Chicken Dead" is one fine film. I actually haven't seen it. I kind of want to see it. Sounds great. Um, He says, "Overlooked by Roger Ebert for some fucking reason." I think it's because Roger Ebert's mouth doesn't even fucking work anymore. Have you seen (laughs) that guy? Talk about a Halloween decoration. Yeah, seriously. Now, you could make a horror movie just with Roger Ebert running after small children. If you did a Blair Witch... He would Witch probably t- give it a thumbs down, ironically, himself. <laughs> he says the other is a classic, Monsterd. You heard that one? Monsterd? I believe I've seen that movie. It's about a giant shit that comes and stalks people. Yeah, he says it's a heartwarming story about a poop that gets a wild hair and escapes the sewers. Not yeah. a shitty movie. Check it out. It's pretty shitty, <laughs> but in a good way. I have seen it. I don't get it. I mean, it, does, it, does it have a mouth? Yeah, it becomes like a go- a shit golem. Does it speak? I I was pretty drunk when I thought I, I can't like give you a synopsis of the plot. Or well, anything. I just wonder if it, if it would speak like a you know like Chucky like hey you know like like one of those like be kind of a, I think it groans but or we does it to ask this guy. does it have like a farty voice like I, I think a shit would have like a farty voice what does a farty voice sound like a lot of like <laughs> like kind of a lot of poopy farty noises but that's not a fart speaking. that's not a that's not a voice that's just a fart no okay he would speak like you In could farts. you could enunciate but the farts were coming out of his mouth like like, like Morse code no okay like um remember the movie weird science Remember the movie Weird Science? At the end of Weird Science, they changed his brother, Chet, or whatever his name was, into a big, huge turd, but he'd speak, and it's, he spoke in turd speak. <laughs> do, do, you, do you remember the scene? 
Vaguely. Isn't there a giant shit monster at the end of that um, that Kevin Smith movie about dogma? Isn't there a giant shit monster at the end of that, dude? Uh, Alanis Morissette. She's a shit monster? She is. <laughs> I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if she <laughs> she's, is. She's Jesus. <laughs> Might as she's well another be. another shit monster. He says, thanks for 305 nauseating podcrafts. I've listened from the beginning, and I'm waiting for one of you to die. Here's smegma in your eye. Rocky. Well, thank you, Rocky. <laughs> I ain't dying. Yeah, I, I know. I, I don't plan to anytime soon. I mean... You never you know. know, though. I'm not scared of death, but I want to be there when it happens. I think when I really want to quit <laughs> the Woody podcast, I'll just fake my death, and you can just tell everybody that I died, and then I won't catch any flack. Actually, I'm going to continue doing it with your corpse, but I'll just, like, ventriloquist your voice. Really? Maybe you could get Barney Frank to do it. <laughs> People, you can send us an email at at hotmail.com. A lot of action going on at the Sick and Wrong Forum. Just go to sickandwrongpodcast.com, click on Forum, and uh, find out what this action's all about. Uh, did you see this? Um, kind of sound like a strip club DJ there, didn't I? You always do. Find out what you that know, action's did, all by about. Way, let, me, let me clue the listeners in on something. D doesn't sound like this when, he's at, when you're like, you and I are hanging out. Yeah, I do too. So, not of. really, not really. <laughs> there, there's three levels. There's D when we're hanging out, just like eating Taco Bell and drinking forties and watching TV. Then there's strip club D, which is like, hey, motherfuckers, uh. and you're, this is what you do on the podcast is sort of in between. It's in between normal and strip club DJ. Normal and strip club DJ. I guess it is kind of. Usually, yeah, I don't. It mind is kind of, kind of, kind of coming at you with a podcast. <laughs> bigger the bills, the bigger the thrills right here on Sick and Wrong. <laughs> See, that was full on strip club DJ. Anyway, the Sick and Wrong Forum. Uh there's a thread that I that I came across I found um mildly amusing. It's the why Jesus is better than Santa thread, started by a guy named the Sodomizer. He sounds like he's um a devout Christian. Yeah. But what's interesting about it is the Sodomizer includes this i don't know like these rhyming couplets i think of just like different reasons different jokes about comparing jesus to santa and then some other people chime in but one of my favorite forum members chimes in as he always does without anything he doesn't say anything he doesn't write anything he just shows porn i'm talking about (laughs) sagat is the man and sagat is the man is just He's the most avid porn fan of anyone I've ever not met, but anyone who's like I've ever. He's the king of the forum. He's the porn king of the world, I think. Dude, th- this guy had porn of two blonde chicks giving a, a blowjob to Santa, a guy that actually really did look like Santa. And then on the, if you continued in the thread, there's a whole section of elf porn. Who has right, elf because porn? somebody said that like those don't look like real elves. It'd be better if elves were blowing Santa. So he's like, "Well, you want some elves blowing people? Here's some elves." Yeah, he finds actual elves. Elf porn. I'm kind of into it. It's, it's kind of a game. Like it would be a good game show. Like find, conceive of some porn that Saget is the man cannot find. I don't think hard. I don't I don't think you could. I defy no. you to try to do that. I think that man knows of every kind of porn that's ever been created. That would be a good threat. He's the god of porn, that guy. The 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 Sagat is the man challenge thread. Where people just throw out ideas like find some porn like this. And not like cow see if fucking he can do a, it. cow yeah. fucking a fat man porn. Just like concept. Because Sagat is a man likes women, right? All of his porn involve like 
horny women. So it's got to be like he likes buttholes, uh, cows, and it'll be like here's some hot chicks dressed up like cows blowing uh, the farmer. Uh, Ronald McDonald. Oh, here's Ronald McDonald getting blown by Birdie, but Birdie has big fake tits. Was her name Birdie? Was there some bird? Early bird. Yeah, the early bird. Yeah, no, and you know I defy you to try to do that, but I think that guy is the god of porn. Yeah. Themed porn. He's the god of themed porn. I think he's the god of all porn. I think it's like, you know, Dionysus is the god of wine. Sagittus man is the god of porn. You actually think he's an He's like a, a supernatural being. <clears throat> I think he's a Greek god. I think he, um, mm. you know, la- I think he's an immortal, and he lives in Olympus, <laughs> and he has just lives in this massive room full of DVDs of just porn categorized by genre, genres you've never even heard of. I can get on board with that. Yeah, no, but people go check it out. Sigma on forum, sigmaonpodcast dot com. Click on forum. Um, thank you for subscribing to the show on iTunes. You know, we got an email today that uh, really made me feel warm inside. It came from Tori. Tori says, you're number one on the comedy podcast on the UK iTunes. And I think that's why I love Limey Land. I love you, Limeys. I really do. You know, I and mean, we, we, we rib you every now and then. You know, we take the piss out of you every now and then just to wind you up. But we really do love you. And I think that's great. I mean, it's like Sick and Wrong is popular over there. You know, I'd love for it to be number one here in the US. But, you know, really? At least we're number one somewhere. I would go live in in Britain and GB if they'd let me. I'm just waiting for the pound to devalue to the level of the dollar, and then I'm going to move there because I think it's perfect. I like well, it. I like the UK. Ba- bars close at ten. Also, that sucks. That kind of sucks. Yeah, and they need Fuck to that. extend you guys pub get hours. That shit but I would then definitely. I love London. I would definitely move there. But uh, yeah, people, just go to iTunes. Do a search for sick and wrong. And uh, click subscribe and give us a rating. You really do help us out. I, I, um, want, I don't want to move to London. I want to move to Scunthorpe. <laughs> Where's Scunthorpe? I don't know, but I like the name. Scunthorpe. It does not surprise me that that would be the name of a town in England. After Where sending out so many shirts over there, I'm just kind of like, what the fuck? Where do they come up with these names? <laughs> I mean, honestly. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, people, go buy a Sicker on Quado t-shirt. It makes the perfect holiday gift. It really does. And I'm not talking stocking stuffer. I'm talking get a huge box, a huge box that think that you bought them something really cool, like an Xbox 360 or something. Uh, and then right. in that box, just have nothing but a sick and wrong T-shirt. The surprise will be, you've got to film the surprise. The look on their face. Of just My pure word. surprise. Yeah, I know. And I'm not just talking about, you know, for someone who's an actual sick and wrong fan, I think it's better to do to someone like your grandmother, your uncle. What is this? <laughs> Sick and wrong. Then she'll be forced to wear it. it. Yeah, no, it'd be great. Just go to SignalWrongPodcast.com, click on store, and then buy your Signal Quarto tea. Uh, finally here, Signal Wrong Song of the Week uh, was sent in by Ronald. I think that... Who, who names her kid Ronald? I don't know. Doesn't that sound like a fake name? Uh, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Reagan, Mr. and Mrs. McDonald. Yeah, but you never meet anybody named Ronald these days. Maybe Ron or Ronnie. I know, it... <laughs> I know, I know a Ronald. I know a Ronnie. I, I think well, I know another Ronald. This, this guy's named Ronald. But Ronald says, "Have you guys heard of Mac?" Lethal? Who names your kid Lance? Come on, <laughs> I have no <laughs> I live idea. Live in a glass house here. I'm not making fun of people's <laughs> names. Ronald writes, "Have you guys heard of Mac Lethal?" He's what I picture Wackerly would look like if Wackerly was a rapper. Um, here's a cover of Chris Brown's song called Look At Me Now, 
which I don't know the song, but look at me now. He covers a song while he's making pancakes. Did you see this video of this guy? Oh, yeah. It's been all over the tubes. Yeah, it's it's making the rounds on the tubes. He's kind of one of those like nerdcore rappers, but he's uh-huh. you know, it's kind of entertaining. I mean, uh, do you know, I, I think if you were a rapper, Wankley, you would be nerdcore rapper. Well, I wouldn't be, so. I don't think you'd be gangster <laughs> rap, moved. though. No. I mean, I don't think obviously. you'd be rapping on a Wu-Tang album. Remember PM Dawn? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Set adrift on like memory that. bliss. I could, yeah, I could I, see. what do you call that? Like spiritual rap? That's what I would do. Yeah, it's just gay rap. I don't, I don't <laughs> it's like new age rap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think those guys were gay. I like this guy. This guy's funny. He's funny and uh, he's innovative and uh, this, the song's uh, entertaining. And what's interesting about it, and I'm wondering if this is part of a whole viral concept, and it's brilliant if it is, but it also you know, kind of downplays the... the um, the significance of it, but have you heard of that site, Text from Bennett? It's a Tumblr site. No. And so the, this Tumblr displays iPhone screenshots of text message conversations between the site's creator and Bennett, who's his 17-year-old cousin who, quote-unquote, thinks he's a crip, works at Amico, has a girlfriend named Mercedes, and is one of the most unintentionally funny and brilliant souls on the planet. Hmm. The the guy, the creator of the site, is that rapper Mac Lethal. And, you know, he, he's right about that, though. This guy is um, definitely quite entertaining. Um, yeah, I'm surprised he's not a sick and wrong fan. But here's, I, was, I, was looked, I went over and looked up the site after I read this email. And he, here's one of the email exchange conversations from Bennett and his cousin. Here's Bennett, the 17-year-old. I don't get why hoes are impressed by expensive food. The best date is at a Great Panda Chinese buffet. They got salmon, corn dogs, and brownies. All you can eat. <laughs> and he goes, that's disgusting. You don't take a girl there for a date ever. And he goes, you just mad because you wine and dine hoes, and I feed them oriental lasagna and still get top-notch pussy. <laughs> What's oriental lasagna? <laughs> I have no idea. This guy, it's, it's a really funny... Even if it's fake... It's still really funny. So uh, we're yeah, gonna... people are too concerned with authenticity. I don't even care. It's uh, it's brilliant if this guy's just making it up. I, I I found it hilarious. So go go check out text from Bennett. It's a Tumblr display, and we're gonna end the show here with Mac Lethal's version of "Look at Me Now." People will be back next week with uh, episode three hundred seven. Till then, take a sleazy. Good night, Barney Frank. You sweet sweet man. <laughs> Yo, yellow cheese, eggs, white pancake back, uh Put a little bit up on this yellow when it starts to bubble, flip it over with your spatula Yeah, yeah, that shit look like my breakfast I gotta remember to flip the motherfucker over after cooking it for 30 seconds Ladies love me, I got my OJ Everybody said to do another fast rap to this beat, so I said okay But I'ma speed it up real, real, real fast till the whole damn bottle is gone And I'm challenging Buster, Watsky, and Twister And any of you rap kids, follow along, come on Cook with me now, uh, cook with me now uh, uh, I'm making pancakes, cook with me now, uh, cook with me now, uh, uh, fresher than a motherfucker, Chris Brown broke up with Rihanna's always looking for another silly idiotic girl that he can beat up, I wish that he was man enough to get inside the octagon, I'm kicking him in the noggin like I'm Leo to Machida, front kick to the face just by me throwing my feet up, winking at Rihanna, baby, please show us your D-cubs, I'm giving it to the man, the cakes are sticking right to the pan, your fate is imminent, I'm in the minute, you got the reef to smoke the re-up, it's done, that's done, that cake is done.
Let's go. Got a butter rub another one to put it on this kid. A couple minutes, Dell's done, done. Ain't nobody fucking with this kid. So Dell Jerry Sandusky, I'm gonna kill him with a stun gun. Come, come, get it, get it, get it, get it. Crumb hit his bitter with a fit of venom when I split a drum. Take another visit in a minute where the minutes of society is in the gutter. Davida, Vida, you Danny Davida. When I belittle, literally, it'll better you battling anybody with a better you ahead of you. Like better, better, better. I'ma hit you with an automobile battery. Bada bing, bada bada boom, boom. I'm the king, better got a clue. Get offended when I'm sentimental and I spit at you. I'm thinking about my rhythm is dope, but much better. These rappers think they're animals. Nope, it's Chuck Tester. Gotta get up the economy's a little brutal to me. The dichotomy ain't suitable. I gotta go to Pluto for a little bit of comedy. Get something beautiful. There's nothing beautiful about this world. I'm gonna pucker up my lips to barf. Gonna choke a fucking rapper in his hipster scarf. I'm never gonna put another piece of music out deliberately if it isn't genuine. It grips the heart. Winter's hard. So have some pancakes. Made by me, motherfucker. The Chael Sonnen of rap music. Enjoy your breakfast. Mac Lethal. Bitch! So I was uh, drinking with my friend the other day at a bar, and um, so we start talking, and uh, he goes, um, hey, man, so what's what do you think is a perfect girl? What's a perfect woman look like? So I tell him, you know, whatever, average height, nice body, you know, brunette, nice face, you know, the regular stuff. And I'm like, what do you think? So he says, you know, I think a perfect girl should be three foot tall and have a cubic head. So I go, um, well, I mean, I get it. You want her to be really, really short, you know, so she can give you, you know, the head conveniently, you know, at any time without bending down. But you know, what the fuck do you want a cubic head? She so he goes, oh, so I can put a Budweiser on it. Oh, I thought it was pretty funny. I thought you guys would like it. All right, peace out.